1: Thanks for joining us today for Ted Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Brad Herda and Stephen Doyle. Brad Herda has been supporting and improving the lives of those around him for over four decades. He has brought perspective and context into every role he has had. Having been in the manufacturing organizations for most of his adult career, he was able to forge relationships by learning what matters to the people. In doing so, Brad was able to master the art of change management, finding ways to help others look at the big picture benefits for themselves, their teams, their families, and organizations. Having worked with many family-owned tool-and-die shops, fabricators, and machine shops, he understands both the customer and supplier side of the blue-collar industry. Since becoming a certified business coach with Focal Point in 2016, Brad has been able to provide nearly $1.5 million in cash and non-cash value to those he has worked with. Stephen Doyle is an expert in process and leadership development. He has 20 years of experience leading product, process, and employee development programs, productivity enhancements, and strategic business planning. He has traveled globally, assisting companies in strengthening their product portfolio while improving quality and productivity. Throughout Steve's career, he has enjoyed promoting professional development through dynamic speaking engagements. His experience and passion provide outstanding value to his clients. Steve firmly believes that to drive business leaders to their organizations to be better, we do it together, and we start making that impact today. Brad and Stephen host the Blue Collar BS podcast, where they talk about the generational differences and how it applies to the workforce. Very entertaining and educational. A great listen.
0: Hey, Brad and Stephen, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Very well on this end as well. Thank you, Mr. Carew. And Mrs. Carew.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you, Brad and uh, Stephen, for being on here. We're going to talk about something today that I'm really passionate about is because, you know, in safety, communication is so important with the people that we're working with. And I think what you guys have to offer with your podcast, Blue Collar BS, which I thoroughly enjoy, learning the different generations and how to communicate with the different generations. Can you guys kind of start off with just telling us what the difference is between different generations?
2: Go ahead, Mr. Doyle. All right. So, We've got them broke down into the four generations. We have our boomers, which we know is our more experienced generation and actually getting ready to leave the workforce in large amounts. The next generation that we have, and I'll let Brad explain the age, or the years in which they go, but we've got our boomers. So for Gen Xs, they're pretty much in their 40s, mid-40s to their mid-50s. We have our millennials, which are in our 30s and early 40s. And then we have our Gen Z, which are the youngest workforce that we have, the most abundant workforce that is out there that are entering the workforce or maybe not entering. That's our four generations that, that Brad and I we talk about quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and really, you know, the boomers is what we talk about now is kind of the boomers are the ones that are getting close to retirement, right? And and the Gen X is our Barb and I, for an example. And then we have really the generation that's kind of taking over the workforce or, or coming in within the workforce and How can people communicate at these different levels when you're used to, for an example, a boomer who wants more of that face-to-face action versus if you go down to Gen Z or something like that and you talk to them and they they don't really want to talk to anybody face-to-face. How does one work with those different types of challenges when you don't really know what generation they're in?
2: You need to understand where their preferences lie. And the easiest way to do that is ask. So when you look at boomers, it was phone and face-to-face. That's how they grew up. That's what they grew up with. And then email started coming in as they were, you know, more mature in the workforce for us Xers, particularly the older Xers.
0: More experienced, Brad, you know, experienced.
2: <laughs> email was prevalent. Um, then texting came along, and then Facebook came along, and instant Messenger came along. We didn't necessarily adapt to a lot of those things. The millennial generation... They grew up with email. It was standard. It was normal. It was part of the process. So it was textbook. Right. And now you come into the workforce and the Gen Z, you have probably, what, 10 to 15 different platforms that you can communicate on, whether it's Instant Messenger, Slack, Microsoft Teams, texting, whatever it is, understand what their preference is.
1: And I think that just looking at these different groups before we take it into the workforce, At a personal level, Ted and I were looking at these baby boomers. We think that's more our parents, but Ted even said, oh, he could fit into that as far as communicating sometimes. We're in the Gen X, and I remember, Brad, like you said, texting wasn't always our thing. I remember when Ted got his phones through his job, and he said, hey, I can get this iPhone for you guys. Do you want one? And I'm like, I'm good with my flip phone. Why do I need that? (laughs) And nowadays, I feel like I couldn't live without texting because that's the way our kids communicate. And then you go to the Gen Z where all of our kids fall into and just trying to keep up with their social media. It's crazy how many platforms there are. So just fitting that into your personal level and seeing how that's changed is kind of crazy in itself.
0: Well, it is. I mean, you look at like my dad, for an example, he still has a flip phone. Yeah. (laughs) And our kids have a hard time communicating with him because my dad assumes, well, just call. It's that easy. Our kids think calling is like the hardest thing they do ever in life versus just texting somebody. But that's what our workforce faces too every day in the safety area and just in general.
2: Right. When you take that from your leadership and ownership team down through your workforce, that business owner might use his phone for personal benefit to text personally, but professionally may not be texting anybody on the floor to communicate what's happening or what's going on.
1: Right. And I think there's that aspect too. You have to adapt to what other people are doing, for sure, but you also have to have that respect factor because maybe the baby boomer generation thinks, well, if you don't call me, you don't think I'm worthy of your time. A text isn't the same. So there has to be a little bit of give and take, I would think, on both sides, and that can be challenging sometimes. Do you agree?
2: I would say I would totally agree that you do have to adapt with the different generations, but not just the different generations, because within a generation, we all have different communication styles. That is also one thing that we need to really understand is we may prefer those face-to-face direct conversations within. Actually, we are all Gen Xs on this phone. Brother Brad wants to admit that I'm a Gen X. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not. You're not. He'll never admit it. (laughs) He will never admit that. But within a generation like we have here, we all have different communication styles ourselves. So one, just identifying within the generation and understanding what they're naturally used to is great, but we also have to really adapt to the individual themselves to really adapt to what is their communication style. You know, does somebody want to be very direct, or, you know, direct bullet points? Do we need somebody that, or do we have somebody that really just wants big, type of information and understanding? And that. And that, it's going to really confuse, and, and it will not just confuse, but it will also bring about a time and duration that has to take place in order to get somebody their information that they're looking for just based on their own personal communication style. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into really identifying someone's communication that just recognize, hey, we're all different. We may not click right away.
1: Right. I totally agree with that point. I think that's huge because just because you might fall into a generation, just your style or who you are is very different. I know a lot of people, the younger Gen Z, sometimes you would get through to them better communicating via text because they want to read it at their own pace. They want to absorb where someone else that same age actually appreciates the face-to-face and that conversational aspect. So it's not necessarily just broken down by age. Like you said, Stephen, it's just personal preference then too.
0: Yeah. When I was reviewing on myself, I consider myself more of a boomer in the way of communication because I prefer that face-to-face, that interaction. But a lot of people that are are of my age are totally fine doing other ways. And so I think it's pretty important that we learn those differences so we can communicate with people to make sure that they are safe.
2: And I guess one of the other big differences as we move from older to younger is the explanation of the why and the purpose. Yes. If you go into a factory, Ted, my guess is that if you tell a boomer, this is what we need to do because these are the new rules or this is what we have to do, there's likely not going to be a bounce back. But you might have to, for a younger person, explain that it's not here to protect you, but it's to protect others around you as you work. So it's not necessarily about them. It's about the greater community. It's about the greater purpose of the organization or whatever the event might be that you're trying to prevent. There's a different purpose behind it and a different communication message that goes with it to the various generations as well.
0: Yeah, Brad, you definitely bring up a good point. Yesterday, I had a leadership training at a company and we were talking about how to get our employees to understand the different policies and procedures that we're putting in place and all that kind of stuff. And I took about five minutes to be very proud of me, Brad, to talk about why the why was so important for the employees to understand that we couldn't just go ahead and do this stuff. We had to explain the why so they would understand that. And I think that is with the younger generation, they want to know the why.
1: And I think a lot of people do. I know personally, I learn better when I understand why I'm doing something, not just being told what to do. And I think that's a big step that's missed in businesses, and especially safety, if you just go in and tell people what to do, first of all, are you going to have that buy-in and support? If they understand why they're doing it for safety, there's a lot of important reasons why you need to do something. I think that just makes it more strong on their
0: end as to the purpose of it, I guess. Stephen, what are your thoughts on being able to understand the why? For me, this is where, again, my style is going to
2: be a little different. I don't necessarily need to know why. why. I am more of a, if I understand at a high level what it is, I don't really want to know the details. Of it. If it makes sense, great, let's go do it. If it don't, let's talk about it for a little bit, and then let's go do it. But for me personally, truly understanding the real, okay, this needs to be done because, you know, it's going to protect somebody from harm. Okay, great. I'm on board. I don't need to know the intricacies. I don't want to know the intricacies of what is specifically going to happen or the repercussions. Hey, we need to go protect that. them. But I think we also need to pay attention, not just in understanding the why, but really understanding from a true connection standpoint, how deep we really need to go in identifying why it is what we need to do. Because as you're communicating that some people are going to check out, they've got enough of it. Some people are still going to be demanding and asking questions. Well, this still doesn't make sense. So there's an intricate balance.
0: It sounds like Barb and I. I I'm on the one. I don't need to know the why. Barb needs to know every part of the why. Okay, so,
1: so Brad was just waiting to comment on that. <laughs> yes, I
0: ahead, know. Brad. <laughs> I, I, I have no comment whatsoever. Oh, yes, you do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or nope. I'm sure I'll hear it later. <laughs> Not in a public forum. Not in a public forum.
1: But see, it doesn't mean one's better or worse than the other.
0: <laughs> well, depends when you ask. Unless it's my way, <laughs> then it's
1: better than Ted's. But, but no, Stephen, that's a good uh, point because you're right. Where we said, kind of knowing the why is important to you, you're like, yeah, it really isn't. Like, you want to get it, but you don't need to get it in detail. And I think that's fair. And I think that's why, especially Ted, like when you go in to do safety training or something, or I think even to a teacher teaching 30 kids, they all tick different, they all learn different, but you don't have the time to go around to each kid and teach or train. So you have to make it presentable in a way that you think you're going to target most people. And that's tricky.
2: It's tricky, but it's also once people start to understand, hey, this is what we're doing, it starts to click. And I'll give you an example of I, one of my clients. There's a boomer on the team, and he's very much matter of fact, you're going to do it my way. I'm not going to spend a lot of time and explain things. Well, there was an opportunity for him to spend time, it was actually with the safety representative, actually spend time, and it was, hey, I understand the safety representative is actually a millennial. You know, they're on their phones, they text stuff. They don't necessarily want to get into being told, this is what you need to do, and then walk away. Well, I asked these two to spend some time together because so there's a specific job that we need to get done. And I really wanted to understand, guide them through the actual interaction. So I have a boomer who is very much matter of fact do what I say, I'm the lead. And this was an opportunity for them to go into a venture mode of saying, hey, when you first came out into this industry, did they treat you the way that you're treating this person? The answer was no. I said, well, what did you have? And I was like, well, they just put me under the wing and they guided me through these specific scenarios. I was like, great. That's what needs to happen with this individual. He need to help guide him through these because we need him to be at the speed. But we also need him to build that trust and rapport with you because this person is our safety. is, is the safety you represented. So, what transpired was it was a different light for that boomer individual to work with a safety representative on a construction site in a different manner than seeing this millennial walk around and tell them, hey, you're doing this wrong. You need to do it this way. And the boomer going, what are you even doing on my site? You need to leave. So, we had to have them spend some time together to truly understand each other and how they prefer to communicate, but also build that trust and rapport.
0: I think that's a great point because a lot of times what happens, at least in the construction industry, is that they'll hire a, a safety person that usually doesn't have that much experience when they bring them on. And then you have a superintendent who is a superintendent for a reason, right? Because of experience. And sometimes the lack of communication or the way to communicate, I should say, back and forth is different. I mean, we had that story today on the way up here from a person that we used to work with. And you can really understand that they just have a different way of communicating.
1: Yeah, that's where I think the respect level comes into play, too. You just have to try to respect each other. And sometimes, obviously, that respect needs to be earned. But it's all about, like we've talked about, knowing your audience and also just the approach you take. I think no matter where you fit, if you're a boomer, Gen X, Gen Z... I think the approach people take with people have to just be respectful. And I don't think that should be lost within the generations. I think that needs to stay true to itself.
0: That's how you build trust, right? Especially when we're building the safety cultures that we're trying to build and within our organizations. You have to have that trust. And if you don't have that trust, that good communication, it's very hard for a process, I should say, a safety process to be successful.
1: I have kind of another question for both you gentlemen. You're obviously both business coaches, and do you see this communication part as something you need to hit on constantly with your clients? I'm assuming it's a big thing. I know, even though we talk about safety, I feel like communication comes up on almost every one of our podcasts in some way or another.
2: It's the core of every business. Yeah, you look in the construction space right now, and the shortages and supply chain issues. If you're not communicating with your customer and your suppliers, you're in a world of hurt. And if you're not doing it effectively to have them receive the message and hear the message and understand the message, you're just causing problems for yourself down the road. You guys have been married a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ted's going to say one thing and you're going to hear another thing, right? And that can cause problems in a relationship. And it's no different in business. Getting that confirmation of what was said and what was heard is very important.
1: Very true. And I think now you add that aspect. Like I said, I enjoy texting now because it's quick and to the point when needed, but sometimes things can get lost in translation. I'll bring it back to a parent standpoint. Sometimes, you know, we have a family text and we'll communicate that way. Sometimes the kids will read it, sometimes not. If Ted responds with a K, just the letter K, capital K, (laughs) he's just saying, okay, I got it. But my kids, say that that's very harsh. They know Ted doesn't mean it that way, but in the Gen Z, a K by itself means that you're irritated. <laughs> oh. I didn't know if you knew that, Ted. No, I did not know
0: that. I looked at being efficient. That's the way I looked at it. This is efficiency. Yeah.
1: You have to do an okay, because K means like, yeah, whatever, with a little smiley emoji face. No, oh. just
2: decent. <laughs> Give a thumbs up, Ted. Yeah. You thumbs up there you go. I the guess that's up. what I'm going to have to do.
1: Thanks, Brad. So the emoji is a whole nother conversation, how to use those. That could be a whole nother Ted Speaks.
0: That's a good point, though, of the communicating with me. I I would have never thought that with a K. To me, it's just efficient, easier. I know it's another letter, but (laughs) being able to have that in a different generation takes it a little bit differently. And I think that's probably what we're all talking about today.
1: Definitely.
2: I've got a client that uses the phrase that it's fine or that's fine. That's one of the things they use on a regular basis. He doesn't have any meaning or harsh intent behind it, Mm -hmm. but the way it's received in certain meanings and conditions, it's kind of like, okay, that's just okay, fine, let's just move on. Not engaged, not involved, not caring about what is being communicated. And he's working very, very diligently to remove that phrase from the nomenclature and and communicating what he's truly feeling instead of just using the default phrase of, yeah, that's fine.
1: But that's where someone like you who kind of points that out in a helpful manner, that is because sometimes we do things and we don't even realize how it's being received, right? And sometimes people don't want to approach that. So it is, it's good to have people that'll converse with you, communicate, and that carries through on a personal level and obviously to the workforce like we've talked about.
0: Yes. Well, guys, I want to thank you for being on the show today and talking about the different generations because like we started the show with, I think uh, being able to communicate with different audiences, as we do in safety, is very important. How can uh, anybody get a hold of you guys if they want to learn more about the different generations along with your podcast? Blue collar BS, and it's a very good podcast. Yeah,
1: take a listen for sure. Brad, how can people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so the podcast is Blue Dash Collar BS. It's where all podcasts can be found: Apple, Spotify, Google. It's all over. We're very excited about that uh, launch. Episode ten releases here shortly. I can be reached uh, at my email at B as in boy, H E R D A, at focalpointcoaching.com or through my website at Victor Frank Boy Solutions, V F B Solutions.com would be my website. And there's a connect and a scheduling tool there if you find a, anything of interest or want to talk further. Sounds good. And Stephen? Yeah, so I can be reached at the letter S uh, first. Dave, that's it, Doyle D O Y L E at focalpointsearching dot and my website is Stephen, e t e g n Doyle Jr and, uh, Also, just like Brad, I have a there. Connect on the calendar and the conversation will begin. Perfect. LinkedIn is another platform. Both T and I are all over LinkedIn as well, so definitely Save a way to get a hold of us.
0: Yes, you definitely want to get a hold of these guys. Also, hey, I enjoy you guys for being on the show today. Had a lot of fun. But as you know, especially Brad, this is the
2: best part,
0: this is the best part of the show. Okay. So I got one for this, this, this first one is going to actually have to be for Steven because All right. Brad might actually get this one. And, and we don't want to...
1: I think everyone will get this one, but we'll see here. We'll, we'll soon
0: <laughs> find out. What do you call a Phoenix Sun basketball player with a championship ring? Wow.
2: I'd probably say elusive, but... <laughs> <laughs> go for it
0: a thief <laughs> and for you that don't know our milwaukee bucks just won the championship so go that's bucks, why we go. had to put that one in there yeah. just won it last tuesday it was just two days ago a couple so nights
1: ago yeah. yeah okay we have two more here for you guys why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing
0: right you should know this one something
2: with four
1: in case they get a hole in one
0: Ah
2: (laughs) Some of us (laughs) have to.
1: So if you thought that one was bad, we have one more for you. (laughs) I'm afraid to say this one. Okay, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie?
0: A bowfish. Barb's already giggling, so
1: I I love these. Should I tell you?
2: Go for it.
1: So (laughs) fishticated.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow.
1: I had to get a doozy in there so Dun, wow.
0: <laughs> she was laughing all the way on the car ride too I love about those these things. Stuff. hey guys again I want to thank you so much for being on the show please the audience if you get a chance to listen to their podcast or to uh, get a hold of these guys it's definitely worth the time because safety is about being able to communicate with others and this is a good way to have a basis for that so thanks for being on the show today guys
1: yeah you have a good day thanks guys
2: Thanks much. Yeah. All right. yep. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.